0: This is SBR, the people's pod, giving you unfiltered, unqualified content every single week. I'm Cliff. He's Joe. Welcome back, everyone.
1: What's up, everyone?
0: On top of uh, me saying the intro, I feel like I do the same hand gestures every (laughs) single time. (laughs) It's just routine. (laughs) I don't know why. But welcome back, everyone. I hope everyone had a great Labor Day weekend. Joe, how'd you spend your time off?
1: I went to the mall. <laughs> oh, wow. Spoomy <laughs> had some shopping to do. Oh, that's really exciting. <laughs> <laughs> and we didn't buy anything.
0: <laughs> I, uh, I played beach volleyball. My team won. I was the least valuable player yeah, on my no team. Yeah, thanks
1: to you, I was going to say. <laughs> I was the least
0: valuable player. <laughs> but congratulations, Team B. Team Fun wins again. Wins again. Uh, Joe and I went to the aquarium this past weekend. Long Beach Aquarium. That was fun. It was chill. <laughs> it <laughs> smaller was nice. than I thought. It's smaller than I thought. Fun for the kids. It's $40 to get in. Like, come on. I, I, I Per person? I think so. It's like 35 bucks if you don't have like a... Work discount or school discount.
1: Was it? Man, I didn't even realize how much it was.
0: (laughs) I mean, uh, we got in for 25 bucks, and that was still a highway robbery. I was (laughs) like, "Ah, I better just fill some tanks with fish, pay people to come and make people pay to come watch the stuff. I don't know. Anyway, aquarium is fine. It's fine. (laughs) It's fine. Today, we're going to talk about coaches as movie directors that's on tap joe's gonna talk about his fantasy team and the draft that's coming up or that has passed <laughs> everyone loves a good fantasy story but we gotta start with cringy and bingy with the news in the sports world let's go first of all cringy and bingy joe kobe and shack beef in 2019 is that cringy <laughs> or bingy
1: man i i'm actually gonna go cringy <laughs> It's for, th- for
0: those that don't know, Kobe was having an interview, and he said if Shaq was just motivated and stayed in shape, we he would have given Kobe 12 championships. And then Shaq retorted, I would have had 12 championships if you would have passed
1: the ball more. Especially in 04. He had mentioned 04, right? Mm-hmm. Um, Do you... Okay, let me ask you: Do you think Kobe was he he was trying to insult Shaq? You know, was he throwing shade at Shaq? No. Um, Yeah, I mean, I don't feel like it either. I feel like this is why it's cringy to me because I feel like Shaq is is overly sensitive.
0: He's hypersensitive. Yes.
1: Yes, I feel like at this point his career's over. Like he is clearly one of the most dominant big men. He's a top-ten he, NBA player. He, he's the most dominant player to ever play basketball. Correct. He, like, easily. There's, when he was at the height of his game, there was no one who could stop him. There was no one who could do anything to stop him. He was yep. unstoppable. Yep. And yet, what Kobe said was true. Like, Shaq didn't have the work ethic. Everyone could see. You can see just by looking at him. Like how he his body changed, you could see that he wasn't staying in shape. You could see that he was just kind of just depending on the fact that he was big and he got out of shape, he got really out of shape, and then he went to Miami, and he was remotivated because of what basically Kobe said about him or Kobe's actions said about him, you know, whatever was said in the media like he never said anything official, right? But there were a lot of rumors being reported, and obviously. The dominant perception was that, oh, yeah, like, you know, Kobe didn't think that Shaq had it anymore, whatever that was. And that actually motivated Shaq. I don't even think Shaq would have a fourth championship if not for Kobe doing that. So I agree with Kobe, and I just think I'm not that interested in beef. You know, like like them beefing. I'm interested in players who are currently playing beefing or at least one player who's playing beefing with somebody from the media. Right. So if it's like Draymond and Charles Barkley or if it's like Shaq and JaVale McGee, like that's all right. That's that's still interesting. But if it's two retired players, I'm just not that interested.
0: Bill Simmons famously said about Shaquille O'Neal that Shaq is like the kid in high school that could have got a 4.0, but he got a 3.5 because he had other interests and he wanted to do other things. Right. This is true of Shaquille. His work ethic wasn't premier. He didn't have the Jordan mentality. He didn't have the Kobe mentality. The he Mamba was, mentality? He didn't have the Mamba mentality. He played like Shaq. He wanted to play around. He wanted to goof around, and he wanted to have a good time. He was... Dwight before Dwight, but a better version, right? Because he's at least beloved,
1: he was and he's at, at
0: least really good at
1: basketball. Yeah. He's amazing, at basketball. Yeah, he has he's post amazing moves. at basketball. He has many post moves. <laughs> Dwight he has just the one. <laughs>
0: he could have easily got 1600 on his SATs, easily gotten a 4.0, but he just didn't care
1: enough. Shaq, you dropped a rap album. He, you're not, he made Kazam! <laughs> you're not Damian Lillard. Yeah, you made Kazam. You were in Blue Chips. You... There's a game, Shaq Fu, a video game. He got his <laughs> like, doctorate.
0: He's a, he's an honorary police officer. Yeah, police in officer. Miami.
1: I mean, there's a ton of stuff. Yeah, you have other interests, Shaq. You know, you dance with the Jabberwockies.
0: Like, he has billions of endorsements, but yet somehow he feels slighted every single time someone takes a jab at him. He always counts by his rings, always, and it's very petty.
1: Yeah, he does it to Charles Barkley all the time too. And it get, it's old, honestly. It's cringy. Like, I don't like when he does it, especially because he's so successful. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's just, uh, like, sometimes I feel like when he does it to certain people, like when he does it to JaVale or something, or even Dwight, it's like you're, he's punching down, mm-hmm. right? And you shouldn't really do that. And then other times it's just like, like, because obviously he's not punching down to Kobe, but it's just like, dude, just just be cool with it. He you know can't I mean? handle the criticism.
0: You know, like when Michael Scott fell in the koi pond? <laughs>
1: I'm ex- I was thinking exactly that. Exactly that.
0: When he fell in the koi pond and he couldn't handle it. And then Jim was like, just, you know, lean into it. Just lean make fun of yourself. It. And then he yes. was leaning into it. And then Phyllis was like, yeah, who would put a koi pond in there anyway? Like, And it could have happened to anybody. He's like, no, but it happened to me. <laughs>
1: Well, he went, he went too far with it. He's like, I've been there before. I know that there's a fun there.
0: I'm such a stupid idiot. Oh, too far. But that's Shaq. Right? He just can't take a joke. And he can't, he can't roll with it. And so that's why it's incredibly cringy. Because what Kobe's saying is the truth. And it wasn't a jab. It was, it was just stating facts. But to some people, they can't handle that kind of stuff.
1: I think the ironic thing is that Shaq tries to make fun of Dwight, but Shaq is just like Dwight,
0: mm-hmm.
1: personality wise. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, not just like him, but Dwight is also kind of a goofball who doesn't have maybe the tightest work ethic. I'm not saying he doesn't have the work ethic, but he doesn't work on the right stuff and maybe he doesn't have the right self-perception. Little different than Shaq, but kind of similar in some ways, right? Like and then he's super sensitive. So Shaq makes fun of him. <laughs> so he brings Dwight into it, right? Out of nowhere. Cuz he's trying to like deflect the fact that he has shown himself to be hypersensitive and then he puts it on Dwight and then Dwight can't take it.
0: <laughs> it's it's underachievement. That's what it is. Shaq underachieved. And everyone knows it because right. he could have had – if he was at his tip-top shape, he could probably have seven championships. Yes, yes. Something like that.
1: Well, he, sh- he, could, he should have at least because we've seen what Shaq in shape was through at least 2006. Mm-hmm. And you got to believe Shaq and Kobe – Cope 2006 Kobe is going to be greater than Shaq and 2006 Wade. Mm-hmm. So, you got to, that's one right there, right? If he was in shape in 03 and 04, I think they would at least get one of those. He had to have won the four peat one.
0: There was yeah, no one yeah, else yeah. in his way except Duncan, but he, this is his fourth one in a row. You're not hungry after yeah. three. You're just not. Yeah. Kobe is, but. Not many people are like Kobe, so to me, I don't even blame Shaq. I don't even blame Shaq for what he did. Yeah, I would probably do the exact same thing, and it's fine. But just accept who you are. Right? It's cringy. It's cringy. Yeah. Just own it.
1: Just own it. Lean into it. Just be like, Boogie- yeah, man, I was eating fried chicken after every practice. You know, just yeah, like it's, make fine. A of it. it's fine. No one,
0: no one will judge you. It's, it's fine. fine. It's fine. There is an arrest warrant out for Boogie Cousins. Because Boogie threatened his ex-wife or ex-girlfriend or his baby mama for not allowing his son to attend his current wedding. Joe, is this cringy or bingy?
1: Super cringy. These this 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 is gets into the NFL stuff. You know, it's too real, right? To be mm-hmm. bingy, this is not not in any way cool. And if you you gotta imagine, if you're a guy like. Boogie? Boogie's scary, right? Like, Boogie seems scary. It, and I don't like, not all basketball players seem scary, right? But Boogie has that kind of reputation. And he has a little bit of, when you look at him, he just looks a little scary. He's obviously intimidating. He's a huge guy. You can't be doing stuff like that.
0: He's got a mean streak. And, and I think that's where that scariness comes from. But this is not. Chris Humphrey's Kim Kardashian drama, right. Where it's, it's kind of funny.
1: it's kind of ridiculous. It's actually
0: really scary. This is super scary and it, it borders like where you're like I don't know i I don't know about this. This is super cringy. They need to figure out with the law. I actually don't want to hear any more about this i don't I don't care. You figure it out. You live your life. get that all good. Come back on the court, make drama with the players on the court. That's fine. Let's do that,
1: yes. Let's stay away from all the crazy legal stuff.
0: All I got to say, Team USA,
1: Cringy or Bingy? Oh, my gosh. (laughs) You know what? You know what? I'm going to zag on you right now, okay? I'm going to (laughs) zag on you right now, and I'm going to go Bingy. Oh,
0: no. It's gotten
1: to the level. Let me just tell you how bad it is, okay? It's gotten to the level of sharknado right like we've gone beyond a bad movie where it's a bad movie trying to be a good movie and now at this point it's so bad that i want to watch it i want to see them fall apart they almost lost to turkey oh turkey
0: Turkey. the 17th ranked team in the tournament
1: Ilya sova you guys couldn't handle sova He's not even, is he Turkish Jordan? It, who, <laughs> he's, he's not even Turkish Jordan, right? Isn't that Tony Kuku coach? Yeah, like come on, man. I mean the current the current level of play. Uh, but sure. Sure. It's just come on, man. Like, okay. Let me ask you, Cliff. Right? Sure. Sure. Let me take you through history, real quick. All yes. Right?
0: Bring me back.
1: Let me just tell you the point differentials for past. FIBA teams, you know what? I I won't even do the Olympic teams because those are usually the better teams.
0: Right. Those are the main teams
1: that LeBron plays on. Yeah, like like the dream team, for example, the ninety two dream team. Right. Forty three point eight points. That was the average margin of victory. My favorite stat from
0: the ninety two dream team is they never took a timeout. <laughs> Zero timeouts called. <laughs>
1: need timeouts. It's like, it's like you're playing ball, you know, at the playground. It's like, what timeout, (laughs) what do we need a timeout for? We're just dominating. So, so let's, we'll take the better Olympic teams out and there's one bad Olympic team, but we'll just throw that out too. Okay. Just the, uh, just the non-Olympic teams, 94, 37.7 points, average margin of victory, 99, 31.6 points. 2001, 36.2 points. 2003, 30.9 points. 2006. 2006, they lost the game, by the way. That's the last time we lost the game. 20.5 points, though. Still over 20 points. Okay. And then you think, oh, they're going down. No, 2010, 24.9. And then 2014, 33 points. Okay. So, and now okay. we're in 2019. So far, through two games, <laughs> the average margin of victory is 11 points.
0: So it took a dip in the bronze medal era. Yes. And then it came back up when we decided we have to be serious about Team
1: USA. Yes. And now it's gone back down. Now, let me ask you two questions. What? One, will this be the worst average margin of victory? Yes. (laughs) Okay. That's easy. And what will be their final point differential? Less than 11. So you think they're going down from here? Because they have that, they have the first game, the 21 point victory, boosting them. Because obviously they won the last game by one point.
0: Yeah. This is the early rounds. (laughs) What? Like, no. There's only more stiff competition to come. You face Turkey, the 17th ranked team. (laughs) Ilias Sova is their best player.
1: Dude, Ilias Sova was just he was just dominating. He
0: doesn't he's not even a starter in the NBA. He's a fringe NBA player right now. And he you're just, telling he, me you can't dominate
1: that guy? He wanted those rebounds. He was just he was all over the boards. He got that tip back. They should have won. Turkey should have won. Turkey should have won. That lineup
0: that Team USA put out there to close the
1: game? That Harrison Barnes? Oh, my gosh.
0: Miles Turner!
1: Can I just tell you, Jason Tatum has never looked more like a California burrito than he does right now.
0: Can is this team, USA team, a playoff contender in the West?
1: No, no. (laughs) Definitely not. (laughs) I I don't even know if they could make the playoffs. Could they even make the playoffs? Is this team better than... Who's, who are, who's the eighth seed last? Like, is this team better than, like, Detroit? <laughs> is this team better than
0: Oh, that's the Orlando? East. They, they, can, they can make the East. They can make the East. But in the West? In the stacked West? I don't think so. Are they better than? Last year was the underdog Clippers that made the eighth seed. And they were feisty on defense.
1: Who was the seventh seed? Uh, oh, the Spurs. The Spurs and the Nuggets. The Spurs, yeah. Greg oh, no. let's Spurs. This team would definitely not make And
0: the sixth seed was OKC and Paul George, the Thunder.
1: No, yeah. They, they. No, this team would not make the playoffs in the West. And in the East, I know you're giving it to them, but I'm going to just say oh, <laughs> maybe. I don't know.
0: This is really cringy. I, I cringe so bad now because they're not going to meddle. Like, I'm, I'm putting, oh if I had God. to bet right now, they're not getting bronze.
1: Let me ask you something. Is their point differential going to be positive?
0: It's going to be positive. <laughs> that's just too sad. <laughs> that, that's just too sad.
1: I mean, they, they barely eked out a victory against Turkey. Yes, it's true. But no. what is Giannis going to do to Team USA? I,
0: I'm scared for that <laughs> because Giannis <laughs> is going to destroy them. It's although, Giannis versus Kemba, the matchup of lost to Brazil. Ooh. And Brazil said, you know, you got a 23 year old MVP, we got Anderson Verjau, and he torched them. <laughs> and he hasn't been in the NBA in two years. There. If FIBA and international basketball is any kind of consideration, it's that teamwork makes. The dream work. Right. It really does. <laughs> you can't just put a bunch of random people together and expect them to work out together, which was the premise of the Redeem team, right? Because the 04 team and the 2000 team were just a collection of stars. You just come play, have a good time. We're going to win. And that's it. But now all the international teams have played together four, six, eight, A long time. So they gel really well together. They know how to sacrifice for each other. They know everyone's roles. The, The Team USA teams don't know how to do that. So now that they're trying to build that. But the problem with this Team USA team, they have no stars. There's nothing. No talent on this team.
1: Cliff, I don't think how the teamwork has mattered. The teamwork has never mattered. Okay. Did you forget already? I rolled through the point differentials. Uh, uh,
0: No, I I, I mean for just in general, for basketball as a whole, right? We just
1: didn't send our best players, and that's what happened. That's why we lost in 02. That's why we lost in 04. That's why we lost in 06, because guys like Melo were leading the team. Because guys like Vince were the best player on the team. And no, Kobe didn't play, Shaq didn't play. We didn't have our best players over there.
0: That 04 team had Stefan Marbury and Allen Iverson
1: leading the backcourt. And that is why their average margin of victory was 4.6 points. And they went five and three. <laughs> and we were lucky. We were lucky people to get bronze.
0: And you would think like, oh, that team has LeBron James and Tim Duncan.
1: No, they don't get the ball. You got the Starbury. (laughs) You got AI Confidence 5 and Stefan Marbury Confidence (laughs) 7. They are not passing the ball.
0: (laughs) Oh, Team USA. Hey, prayers for you guys. You know, when you guys come back, it's all good. Is it cringy or bingy for you, though? It's super cringy. (laughs) I can't watch this. I can't watch this You know what's even cringier? Miles Turner said that turkey game was the best game of his life. <laughs> oh, he was, like, so excited. He was like, that was so awesome to play
1: in. Can I just say, too, you know how you said last week about Kuzma? Like, yeah. oh, yeah, it would have been good for Kuzma. He could have been the best player on the team. No, these guys... Let me just tell you right now, they're all gonna suck this year. <laughs> Everyone who's on Team USA right now is gonna suck. Because if you go to the park and you're gonna play against junior hires, you better destroy them. Right? You better not have close games with junior high kids. Cause when you come back and you play against grown adults, then you're gonna be like, your confidence is gonna be shot because you're like. I don't know. I was only pretty good <laughs> against those junior high <laughs> kids over there. We won all the games, but we barely won. We lost that one game where we were kind of messing around. The one game went to overtime. And when you come back to the NBA and you're playing against LeBron James and Anthony Davis and, you know. Kawhi le- and yeah, Paul Kawhi's George. on the other side. PG's on the other side. Even guys like Kyrie are, like, crossing you up left and right. Dame Dollar doesn't mess around, right? Like, he just plays to win. Like, these guys, they have a talent on another level and they also have the work ethic and they're also trying to accomplish something in the NBA like all of your little, oh, yeah, we're we're, we're the underdogs. Like, we're coming to win. No, it's not going to work, okay, because the talent advantage is going to show itself. And all of a sudden, Kemba Walker is going to feel like, man, I couldn't even do it against the international guys. <laughs> no, like, Kemba how am I Walker lead... won't
0: think he's, how... got, he's got enough confidence.
1: How am I going to lead Boston? I mean, I'm not saying he's going to hey, be you – know? A lot worse than he, you know, like than he was last year or something. I'm not saying that, but I'm saying, I mean, do you think he's gonna lead Boston to a like? Look at him right now. Okay, do you think he's gonna lead Boston to anything?
0: I never did. (laughs) I never did. (laughs) People people are talking like, oh. They'll be delusional enough to think that Kemba Walker is going to lead them. That Kemba is better than Kyrie. No, people, he is oh, not gosh. better than
1: Kyrie. I can't believe the stuff that people are like, Boston, they have a chance. They're up there with Philly and – no, they're no, not. No. They're not. Get them out of here. Okay. No. And Utah, by the way, Utah, Spider Mitchell, Rudy Gobert. Mitchell.
0: <laughs> oh, no.
1: No. Oh, no. Guys. <laughs> guys. It's another level. People are going to see. They're going to be reminded who the real stars are.
0: USA Basketball, RIP. RIP. Rest in peace.
1: <laughs> oh, gosh.
0: Paige Vansland wants a raise from UFC because Instagram pays her better. Wow. Dude. Wow. Cringy or bingy, UFC losing fighters, not to another fight promotion, to Instagram.
1: Uh, in one way, it's cringy. It's super cringy if you're UFC wow what are you doing U- UFC is weird man like I don't I don't know what their problem is like I don't know what the problem is with paying their fighters promoting like I I, I don't know what this deal is like the way that their system works. But they're just being real stupid, but it's kind of (laughs) bingy. Like, this is the kind of drama that's okay, like I'm cool with. Oh, heck yeah. I like them beefing about this. I like the fact that Instagram pays her better than the freaking UFC. Like You said
0: I make way more money sitting at home posting pictures on Instagram than I do fighting. Not a little more, way more.
1: Like, how? How, if you're the UFC, do you not pay your fighters? You know what they do, right?
0: Yeah. They go to and, war. They go to war.
1: And you know what they can do to you if they see you on the street, right? Like, in a back alley somewhere? <laughs> like, I don't know. But it's it's in that sense, it's bingy. I like it. I want to hear more about it.
0: <laughs> I want to know how much Instagram is paying. I'm like, wow. This... this uh, how do I become an influencer? That's the next level of SBR, is the influencer. What if it's, in, Instagram starts paying me better than SBR? You know what I'm gonna do? I'm gonna sell it <laughs> real fast.
1: Dang it, okay. Cliff. I'm gonna You're do all those like...
0: po- <laughs> I'm gonna have all those poses. I'm gonna get those like hair loss jelly beans. I'm like, look, my hair is all restored from
1: this. That is, Hashtag that ad. Is, that is the anti SBR. We're shouting from the back row. Okay.
0: Oh, no. I saw us so fast once I get to the front row. I'm like, you peasants in the back, get out of here. Just kidding.
1: And then it's going to be a solo show with Cliff. Welcome to SFR. <laughs> <laughs> Shouting from the front row.
0: Oh, man. That's golf clapping from the front row. It's very polite. I don't even have words. I just clap. I just applaud. Moving to the U.S. Open. Guile Monfi in the quarterfinals. but I got to ask you, he did something very amazing. Guile Monfi did a 360 overhead slam.
1: (laughs) Joe, is that cringy or bingy? So you told me about it first before I saw it. You told me about it and I wasn't sure if it was cringy or bingy. And I pulled it up on YouTube. And this is what I said, right? You told me, you're like, I got to see the footage first. But off the top of my head, I feel like it's bingy. I mean, I want to see guys doing like reverse overheads. I want to see guys doing like, you know, tomahawk overheads and windmill overheads. (laughs) I want to see an overhead contest in tennis. You know, just like, guys, I want to see a 720 overhead. All-star weekend? <laughs> yes. 540 reverse overhead. And then I pulled up the clip and I watched it. And it's cringy, guys. It's guys so, so cringy. Guys, it's cringy. Nobody in tennis should ever do a 360 for any reason. <laughs> for any reason.
0: No. no. Like, I, n-
1: I don't even play tennis. But I watch a lot of tennis, and I know that there is no reason for anybody to spin 360 degrees all the way around to hit the ball. There's no reason. No one and should ever. Do <laughs> and and the ball. And See, yeah,
0: it. the thing was, it was match point, and the ball was coming in a very high lob. So he waited, he waited, and then 360 and overhead, and it was really weird. <laughs> <It> was- <laughs> Really, really weird. <laughs> really weird. People didn't know whether to cheer or groan.
1: You know, when like Zach Levine or like Aaron Gordon or you know, Vince or one, you know, Kobe, like somebody throws down a 360. Yeah. And the crowd goes crazy. It's like, ah, yeah. you know, it erupts, right? It brings energy. Yes. And when Guy O'Monfi did that 360 overhead, it's the last point. Of, it was game, set, match right there, it's right? Game, set, match. And usually the crowd explodes anyway, but it was kind of weird. People it were like, suck the air out of the building. It just destroyed all, like people were ready to cheer. If he did a regular yeah. overhead, people would have been like, yeah, it would have erupted. And it was like, what the heck was that?
0: Like, did I see what I thought I saw?
1: Like, is it over? Do I, do I stand? What do I do? Like that, it was weird. It's cringy. I don't ever want to see anybody ever do that. Again. L-
0: like when the doll hit the passing shot around the Ooh, net
1: That was sick. That was sick.
0: Everyone rose to their feet. Like that's the kind of energy you want from a really amazing feat yes. of athleticism and gut and will. Yes. What Monfils did though <laughs> had the opposite effect. Is there a basketball equivalent to doing a useless
1: three sixty overhead? Um, I mean, it's just like when you throw it off the backboard, but you don't finish it, I guess, kind of. Well, he did finish it.
0: I, I have it. You know what it is? It's the behind-the-back pass out of bounds. <laughs> when you throw the trophy out of
1: bounds? When you throw, <laughs> the,
0: throw the championship trophy out of bounds.
1: People are just like, oh. Now, don't... You, know, you know what it is, honestly? It, it's like Steph Curry kind of does this sometimes. Yeah. He he truly he does, like, what was the year when they killed the Cavs? The second year, yeah, yeah, the the, or the 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 third, the second, the the second with
0: KD. Oh, okay, okay, yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. Where they swept the Cavs, right? Yeah, and it was like Game Four, and Steph was trying to win the MVP, and KD was trying to give him the MVP, and Steph was kind of like still shooting, like, like behind the back, like dribble behind the back threes. The game was like over. And he was still kind of doing that. Yep. And it's just like, uh, you know, this is one of those times that, hey, Steph, it's like the game's over. It's not the time to still be doing stuff like that. Mm. And it was kind of like that. It was a little bit like that.
0: Moving on, Djokovic went up against Stan Vavrinka. He was down two sets to Stan, and he quit the U.S. Open after being down two sets. Joe, was hurt. is this behavior... Cringy or bingy.
1: He was hurt. He hurt his. What did he hurt his shoulder? He hurt his shoulder. Correct. But yeah, it's cringy. (laughs) It's cringy. If and if you guys don't really watch tennis a lot, like he could have played. And I don't know. You know, I don't know what was said, or I don't know if he got any kind of medical advice that told him it could have gotten worse. But my gut feeling is that he didn't he was saying that he was on pain meds so it wasn't as if he aggravated something it wasn't as if something happened while he was on the court it was basically pain that he was dealing with and he was you know he was doing some kind of shots or something he's you know probably like cortisone or something just to deal with the pain and he basically just gave up right like he was getting beat and he just quit And he blamed it on his injury. Look, I don't like I get it. But if the pain was that significant before the match, he wouldn't have played. And if something had happened, then he definitely everyone would have known and and he would have quit for that reason. So this is basically him using the injury as an excuse. And that is kind of not, you know, gentlemanly in a gentleman sport like tennis. It's like, just take the L then, you know, just like just lose, like like play the rest of the match. You're getting smoked anyway you know, and kind of just play it out and lose, you know, lose like a man, right? That's normally what like, what like Rafa would do if he had that kind of injury, he would just play it out and lose. And, you know, I I think it's, this is one of the things that about Djokovic that kind of, you know, that we don't like, uh, one of the reasons that I think he's not going to be, he's not going to be the GOAT. So
0: Federer just lost to Dimitrov.
1: One of the guys we forgot, by the way, Gregor Dimitrov. One of the next next guys up, kind of thing, because I think he was like kind of he's been injured. I
0: mean, he was ranked fourth in the world, and now he's seventy fourth.
1: Yeah, he was injured, so he's like missed some time and stuff, and you know he played bad, but he definitely has the talent. He's one of those guys who has the talent.
0: So what's interesting is, so Fed injured his back through uh, midway in the fourth set. And then he got destroyed in the fifth set. And obviously, like, he couldn't...
1: Right. He wasn't going to win, basically. He
0: couldn't reach any balls. He 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 couldn't... He, he was hitting balls way out of bounds. He was missing serves. Sure. He was double faulting. But he kind of pressed through. Yeah. Uh, but it, it was kind of like... It, it was going to happen. Like, it was inevitable. There was nothing left for the crowd to root for or anything right. like that. Right. Um, I mean, he did give a classy response at the end. He said, This is Grigor's moment, not mine uh, or my body's, you know? So I got to take the losses as part of the game. Right. You know, good, good, good on him. Yeah. Which is great. It's, it's a classy take, but it was cringy to watch him
1: try to battle this out. But, you know, it's like that's part of it. You know, like fighting through and there are times like do you remember when uh Agassi played Fed back in when was that? It was US Open Two thousand and two maybe I want to say like oh four, yeah, maybe oh two or or somewhere around then. Like it was early it was early two thousands and it was you know, towards the Ag- end of Agassi's career and he kinda was like try to make a comeback, you know what I mean? Right and like you know, I remember like he was hurting stuff. But And it was kind of like he wasn't going to win and you kind of knew he wasn't going to win. But every, you know, he would get like he would win games. Yeah. You know, he would get a point here and there. He was trying to control the middle. You remember that? And he was just kind of like trying to stay in it. Yeah. And Fed was just like painting the lines. And, you know, it was like, you know, it was it was was, he was cutting him up. You know, I mean, it was it was he was picking him apart, basically. But there will be times where he would have like a crazy, you know, whatever, like a backhand down the line and he'd score a point and the crowd would go crazy, right? Because it's still, you know, beyond just thinking about your legacy all the time, right? There is that idea of like just doing your job, right? Like you're there to give the fans a show. They came to see you and – yeah, for, even for Djokovic, it's like, hey, maybe you're going to lose this and you're going to take this L, but you're going to try and you're going to stretch out on one play and you're going to you know, have some crazy shot in the corner because you're just going all out because you know you can't win otherwise. And it still gives people something. And I feel like that's part of what sports is about. There's always that idea of, like, that perseverance and that fighting through and that underdog and that kind of thing. And, like... Yeah, I mean, I totally commend Fed for just playing that out and taking that L, you know, on the court and not just quitting, you know, halfway through and being like, oh, I'm hurt. You know, I can because he can do that. He was legitimately hurt, but he didn't do that. So that's it. That's it it's hard for
0: me because I think both both scenarios are cringy. So it's just like, uh, I don't know, it, <laughs> it, it, which makes me think more of Djokovic I'm like ah whatever just quit it's fine (laughs) who cares (laughs) who cares it's gonna be cringy if you're on the court anyway but what if he
1: won there's no way there's no way (laughs) there's no way you never know there you 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 can sometimes but if you if you did
0: then that's the next level of legacy that's like Jordan flu game you're
1: right but those
0: are the moments that bring the legacy
1: but that's what I'm saying, right? Like you got to push your body and know where your limits are. And sometimes, if you if you're able to like manage that pain enough, that's what I'm saying. Like it's just not quitting, you know. It's just persevering. And are you gonna have that like comeback when you're injured every single time? Of course not, you know. Of course not. And if right. it can get worse, then hundred percent, I give. You know, I say like, no, you shouldn't play. You know, you should protect your body. You should protect your career. But if it's if it's pain, if it's, it's, an it's ache, you mean, yeah, yeah, and it's just you know, it's it's manageable and you've known about it. It's not like it's a surprise. It's not something that got aggra- aggravated. It's just basically, so you knew about it and if you were winning right now, you would keep playing. But because you're losing, you're just going to quit. Right. And it's like, come on. Like if he was having that same exact pain but he was up two sets, do you think he would have quit? No. Of course not. And so for me, that's the reason. Like, that's why it's cringy. Last one, bonus one.
0: I've been... Watching a lot of clips lately, and then the same ad always pops up, which is Hotels.com, and says, you can't go on vacation without taking a jumping pick. And he takes a jumping pick. Joe, important, important question for the people. Cringy. Take a jumping picture <laughs> while on vacation. Is it cringy or bingy?
1: It's played out. <laughs> it's played out. It's not cringy. I'm not going to – if you're doing it, I'm not going to cringe but I might roll my eyes a little bit <laughs> because so many people have done it and so many pictures have been taken with, if it's just the traditional jump. If you're adding something, if you're adding a 360 overhead slam, I might, <laughs> pass. I might be like, that's pretty cool. I've never seen that before. If there are kids involved, it's always acceptable. <laughs> it's always okay. That's always okay. But if it's, you know, if it's like some some late 20s people all just in a group, <laughs> no kids, all the jumping. The cringe
0: <laughs> to me is if everyone is jumping all together, here's why. Because you know it took 15 tries to get that. That's the cringe <laughs> part for me. If there's like – if they just put up one and like there's one or two people that are not fully off the ground that didn't get it. I'm like, oh, they tried it once. Oh, that's Okay. Let's leave them to it.
1: The office started making fun of the jump picture <laughs> how many years
0: ago? 2006.
1: That was many, many years ago. It's 2019 now. And we all have amazing cameras.
0: <laughs> Let's move on, people. Word of advice from SBR. If you're going to jump, do a 360 overhead jump. That's <laughs> the only way you can make it acceptable. We'll be back after this with NBA coaches as directors. Find out. Who Mike D'Antoni is. You're going to like that one. We'll be back after this. All right, we're back. Head coaches as Hollywood directors. So we went deep into the box score for this one and connected these two universes together as only we do on SBR for your enjoyment. Absolutely, definitely right until we absolutely get proven wrong. (laughs) But here we go from the top. Just a couple ones that we've cherry-picked. I want to start with Scott Brooks. Joe, I think Scott Brooks is Brett Ratner.
1: (laughs) Why is Scott Brooks Brett Ratner?
0: Uh, Brett Ratner has directed a lot of Mariah Carey music videos. (laughs)
1: Apparently, he's directed a lot of music videos, period. Yeah, he's directed the Wu-Tang Clan video. He's directed Miley Cyrus. He's directed Jessica Simpson.
0: Hey, like, look, you got that level of talent? It's going to work out for you. You're going to make a good music video. (laughs) If the music's good, the music video is going to be good. (laughs) But what happens when you don't have those stars?
1: (laughs) Yeah, I, I, I think... You know, Brett Ratner. I kept trying to think of what he's made, but and he's made some stuff. Like he's made a bunch of stuff. The only movies I kept coming back to was the Rush Hour series. Yep. And X Men: The Last Stand.
0: Rush Hour Two. I gotta give him credit. Just like magnificent. That's like (laughs) that's like the OKC Thunder going to the finals. It's like just
1: just pure. Just wow. How did you do that?
0: Wow. How did you do it?
1: You and then he also
0: did Rush Hour Three. The exact same cast, just <laughs> worse.
1: Just so bad, though. How so, did so that bad. happen? I mean, he pulled comedy gold out of Jackie Chan. Jackie Chan is a great comedian, but in Rush Hour, pairing him with Chris Tucker, it's just... It and was... Rush Hour One was like, "Oh wow, this we we might have some here." This is like yeah. a, it's like a fifty-plus win season. Like we yep. we got some. Yep. And then Rush Hour 2 was just, oh my gosh, this is amazing. This is like Kung Fu unleashed paired with amazing comedy. I could watch this over and over and over again. And we have.
0: And then Rush Hour 3, they were like, you know, we should send them to Paris where they don't speak the language. (laughs) That will make really good comedy.
1: Yes, yeah, we should trade James Harden. It's what <laughs> that's what we should do. That's what we should do. Scott Brooks is like, yeah, you should. It's like, yeah, <laughs> yes, that, you should. He's
0: not that valuable. Like, we could just have Kevin Martin, and it's the same.
1: Like he, that, thats what I think. He—he's like, he's good when there's no stakes. It's like, ah, oh, he's all right. like he's pretty good. He's like overachieving with these young guys, but as soon as there are expectations. Cause there was X Men one and there was X Men two and X two was like oh my gosh oh it's building this is a masterpiece this is it's like I love this build I love what they're doing with Wolverine I mean and wait a minute what's what's that in the water what's that in the lake is that can barely it looks like a phoenix like silhouette oh my gosh and I am pumped up to see X three and then I went to watch X Men three the Last Stand. And it was the last stand for the (laughs) X-Men franchise. (laughs) It's never recovered. Yeah, and it was Custard's last stand. It it was just the downfall, the destruction of X-Men forever. Oh. Scott Brooks, Brent Ratner. Moving on. We got Doc Rivers.
0: Doc. I got him George Lucas. (laughs) Incredible (laughs) franchise. He's got incredible franchises. But does he really know what he's doing. He had Lob City. He had the big three. He got one championship out of that. But, you know, George Lucas, owner of the most... One of the most successful franchises of all time. But the best movie in the series, he didn't direct. He didn't direct Empire. (laughs) But you know what he did direct? All the prequels.
1: So we we cannot... So we don't have him to thank for... The most kind of iconic Darth Vader movie of all sure. time, creating that character and his kind of fleshing out his character, correct, and the aura that is Darth Vader. But we do have to thank him for Jar Jar Binks, yep,
0: that's, and that's
1: uh, and Watto, <laughs> and the Saboba, yeah. the the pod racer.
0: And all the information about the Trade Federation. Oh, yes. you thought that would be really interesting. It
1: was super interesting. I learned so much about the Trade Federation that I didn't <laughs> know before. I didn't know that they all met in this, like, opera house where the pods come up and they, they just clap for each other while they make speeches. That was really cool.
0: Luke Walton I have as director James Gunn. He's had the Guardians franchise, like, as the Warriors. But then he had the Suicide Squad as the Lakers both had disgraced exits out of their franchises with uh, Luke Walton's uh, sexual harassment allegations and James Gunn's uh, really negative tweets. But still, they've had a return back to grace, and uh, James Gunn is back on Guardians, and uh, Luke Walton is coaching the Kings. Huh. What do you think about that? Hmm.
1: Well, James Gunn didn't direct the first Suicide Squad. Oh, he didn't? No, no, no. He's directing the upcoming...
0: Oh, s- I see. This ...sequel then is a
1: or... I don't know if it's a sequel. I think they're scrapping that whole thing. I don't know who directed that one. <laughs> I mean, but whatever. I heard it was directed by people who... Or it was recut by the people who made the trailer, the first trailer. Hmm. <laughs> and I don't know, but... Th- DC is a mess. Although, I'll say, I don't know if you've heard anything about the new Joker movie, the Joaquin Phoenix Joker movie. I've
0: seen the trailer. I haven't heard
1: anything. But I heard it's good. It seems like it's going to be real good. So, but uh, James Gunn, Luke Walton, I don't know. Do you think, uh, and I don't don't mind the James Gunn. I kind of mind the, is Luke, like, it's not like, is James Gunn as good as, is, is Luke Walton as good as James Gunn?
0: Well, if he doesn't have Suicide Squad to disgrace him, then no. <laughs> <laughs> so it, it was Suicide Squad and the disgrace exit. I was like, oh, Luke Walton.
1: Who, who, what? What is Luke? Is Luke Walton a good coach? I don't know. I guess that's my question. Is Luke Walton a good coach? He, I mean, I don't only, think he's a bad coach.
0: He's only had the really good episode on the Warriors, and he hasn't had any success afterwards. So. It's it's a lot of these Hollywood directors that you've been talking about is they'll have one good movie and then Hollywood assumes they're good directors and they'll make six bad
1: movies in a row.
0: Hmm.
1: Uh, I don't know. To me, the 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 jury's out on Luke Walton. I don't know what he is. I don't know if he's good yet or not. He would have to be like a director who just made one movie, like two movies. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like like ever, and one was good and one was kinda bad, and you just don't know.
0: All right, scratch that from the record. Joe, you'll edit that out, that's fine, it's fine, <laughs> edit that out.
1: <laughs> Jim
0: Boylan, the coach of the Chicago Bulls, I have him as Jason Friedberg and Aaron Seltzer, and you might be wondering who these guys are, but they're the guys that make all the spoof movies pret- <laughs> that are like Scary Movie One, two, oh three, gosh. four. <laughs> Five, meet the Spartans, <laughs> the Starving Games. Oh,
1: my gosh.
0: The Chicago Bulls and Jim Boylan are an NBA team pretending to be an NBA team.
1: That's just so sad, but very accurate. <laughs> should the, Chico- the question is, should the Chicago Bulls be retracted from the NBA? Should they remove the Chicago Bulls completely? It's hard. It's hard
0: because their legacy is so good. They have the Jordan legacy, so removing go, them removes didn't... the Jordan legacy
1: a bit. But No, I can just live forever, you know, and just – we don't have to tarnish oh, it anymore. Oh, they should
0: retire the team. They should just <laughs> raise the team to the rafters.
1: <laughs> Nobody can wear a Bulls jersey Nobody ever will wear again. A
0: Bulls jersey. They'll just retire the arena. Nah, that's not a bad idea, Joe. That's not a bad <laughs> idea. Don Nelson, Joe. Who do you have as Don Nelson?
1: I have our boy J.J. Abrams.
0: Ooh, J.J. Why J.J.? I,
1: I feel like Don Nelson. He just, he just knows how to coach. Like I don't know, if, I don't know if people remember Don Nelson, but he just knows how to coach. He knows what people want. He knows how to put an entertaining, winning basketball team on the floor. He doesn't seem to care too much about championships because he couldn't get any. But he's actually, I don't, I don't know if people know how how good of a coach he is. He's three time coach of the year. He coached the Nash and Dirk Dallas team. He coached the We Believe Warriors. And actually, if you go back further, uh, he 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 had seven straight division titles with the Bucks. He's also the he has the most wins as an NBA head coach in NBA history, most wins ever, and a pretty good win percentage too. Like not amazing, but you know above five. Well, you know a a good good amount above five hundred. And so I feel like he's just those teams. Like aren't those like real fun teams though? Yeah, like the Nash and Dirk Dallas team, like the We Believe Warriors team, that team, when he was getting revenge against Dallas, like that, that was amazing. Like watching that was amazing. Those old Bucks teams were made like he's just like a fun coach, you know, like kind of like D'Antoni, but then without the the drama aspect, just more kind of the fun stuff that everyone kind of likes. Yeah, because all he's doing,
0: he's smoking doobies on the side. (laughs) Have you seen Don Nelson now? He looks crazy. He looks crazy. I'm like, (laughs) this guy's... Oh, man. Bob Marley here.
1: This is an older coach, by the way. We we threw in just a few, you know...
0: Iconic coaches. Iconic older
1: older coaches.
0: I have Brad Stevens next as Josh Whedon. And you know Josh Whedon, the director of the Avengers, also the director of Age of of Ultron, but he also has Justice League at the end, and it makes you question (laughs) Is he a good director? Like I know he's done <laughs> Avengers, but it, uh, is he a good director? That's how I feel about Brad Stevens. It's like, yeah, he had he had really good build up. He brought this young core up. He brought Isaiah Thomas up, but he couldn't coach Kyrie. Is Kyrie uncoachable? I don't know. Ah, uh, Jason Tatum kind of took a step back. Is it because of Kyrie or is it because of Stevens? I, I don't. I'm not sure. Like I'm not ready to fully blame him yet, and I know he's a good coach, but it makes you question just a little bit.
1: Yes, I mean, I still think Brad Stevens is amazing, and I think he's probably going to prove it. <clears throat> probably going to prove it this year again because I think the Celtics will overachieve, although they won't be contenders, you know. But I still think like I think people are going to realize: look, they don't have a superstar. Mm. I mean, they have Kemba Walker, they have Jason Tatum, they have Jalen Brown. <laughs> These guys aren't superstars, you know? Like, I mean, Gordon Kemba Hayward,
0: Walker we've talked about in the last segment,
1: <laughs> carrying, uh, barely carrying Team USA. The, like, <laughs> the end of the turkey game was so sad. <laughs> it was so sad. It was, again, just like the other game that they lost <laughs> to Australia. Like, Like, what's going on? Like, why can't you guys produce a quality shot it's not even that they're not making them. It's like they can't even produce. That Middleton three, what was that? like from the bo- And then they're getting the rebound, and they're just scrambling. It's just its so bad.
0: I apologize, everyone. I forgot Joe gets really heated about Kemba Walker and Team USA. <laughs> it's so
1: bad. So can Brad Stevens bring Kemba Walker, get the most out of Kemba Walker? I think he will, though. Mm. Kind of like the IT situation. I think mm. he's going to create an offense that works. I don't think Jason Tatum is going to take a big leap. And I think people are going to try, kind of bail on him. Like they're going to start, stop throwing the perennial all star stuff out with him. Like he's going to turn more into just kind of like a, you know, a good starter. in the, And that's what people are going to think. I still think he can be, you know, a, a multiple time all star, but that's not how Brad Stevens works. You know, he's not about, like, making players better. He's about, like, creating a system that everyone buys into, and they'll be successful if they do. But ultimately, in the playoffs, you need stars, you know, which has always been the problem. And so they're going to run into that problem again.
0: So do you think Josh Whedon will overcome his little bit of stink?
1: Dude, Josh Whedon, I've loved Josh Whedon since way back. Mm -hmm. Like, I watched Buffy, Mm -hmm. uh, Firefly, you know, which is, like, one of the most... People love it. It was only on for one season. I think it was like fourteen episodes, but people just loved it. And I saw it, you know, like well after it was canceled. I think I found it on Hulu or something. And I was like, "Man, this show is amazing! Like, why did this get canceled?" Mm -hmm. And uh, apparently, Dollhouse was good. I never saw that, but I mean, he's he's good. He knows how to direct. He knows what he's doing. I think Age of Ultron. It's grown on me a lot. Actually, I think it's a lot better than I initially thought it was. And so uh, he's – no, I, I have no doubts about Joss Whedon. I think next time he gets a, you know, you know, net, whatever. I don't even know what he's doing now, but next thing he does is going to be good. Dwayne Casey, the coach of the Detroit Pistons. I have him as the
0: famed director, <laughs> M. Night Shyamalan.
1: Shyamalan. Shyamalan.
0: Shyamalan. I don't
1: know how to say his name. Yes.
0: You think his. You think his team is good, but as all M Night Shyamalan movies know, there's a twist ending, and they get swept in the playoffs. <laughs> <laughs> that's you, good, know, that's good. you know, you know if his movie, you know if the director name is on the on the movie poster, you know there is a twist. It's like you expect it. That's the same with Dwayne Casey. You're like, yeah, his team's playing really well. They're gelling. They're number one seed, but you know they're getting swept in the first <laughs> round. Come on,
1: it just happens. Big twist! They're not good. You thought they were good. <laughs> but the twist is coming. Twist they're ending. Not good. He was dead the whole time. What? DeMar DeRozan yeah. was dead the whole time. <laughs> he was lifeless. <laughs> he was a dead man walking. He knew it. He was on death row. He was playing on borrowed time. He knew it. And by the way, L.A., how happy are you that DeMar DeRozan never came? (laughs) How happy are we, Laker fans? Go back. Remember when we were begging DeMar DeRozan to come? I'm glad he's not here. Oh, that max contract would have been bad. Can we? All right. Let's go to Mike D'Antoni. Who do you think Mike D'Antoni is? Oh, I...
0: We teased this in the last segment. I love this. Mike D'Antoni is Michael Bay. <laughs> when you give Michael Bay a script, he goes, I know exactly what to do with this. I need pyro,
1: I need fireworks. <laughs> I need cars. I need explosions. That's what I need. I need women. I need everything. Scantily clad women. And I need lens flares. And I need slow-mo. And I need need
0: helicopter. And I need a slow-mo off the ladder.
1: And I need America. And I need a big American flag. somewhere just waving in slow motion in the background as the cars drive by, as the sun is setting, as the female lead's hair is blowing in the wind. And, and let's, let's just he, <laughs> and let's have a kiss right there, right in the middle of the action. And
0: right. then he puts on sunglasses while on set, watching his own movie, says, I'm Michael Bay. This is why I think he's Michael Bay. Mike I'm D'Antoni my- only does it one way. He only does it one way. It doesn't matter if he has Steve Nash. It doesn't matter if he has Carmelo Anthony. It doesn't matter if he has Jeremy Lynn. It doesn't matter if he has James Harden. It doesn't matter if he has Chris Paul. All he knows how to do is that run and gun one spread for offense <laughs> every single time. And has it worked? Yeah. Transformers 1, <laughs> Bad Boys 2, it's worked. <laughs> but the other times, nah, it's a disaster. That's it's
1: a it. Disaster. That's why I give him credit. What about Bad Boys 1? You like Bad Boys 1?
0: Okay, Bad Boys 1. It's, it's good. Not 13 as good as hours?
1: Did you see 13 hours? Which one was thirteen hours again? It's Remind where uh, it's where John Krasinski. That's a movie where he got buff and he like he like was oh, a soldier guy. It was, was about good? Benghazi. It was about Benghazi. Uh, it was actually it was okay. Yeah, I okay. mean it wasn't amazing, but it was like it was yeah. okay. Like like the, the Rock. Year. The Rock. Oh, he directed the Rock. He directed the Rock. Yeah, that's like oh, that's, that's back the running was good. Son. That's the running, <laughs> that's of the running of son. good son. That's back when he was good. Yeah. Wow. Okay. But yeah, he has a bunch of terrible movies, like all the rest of the Transformers. And there's like 50 of them. And there's like all this terrible like for some reason in a bunch of them, there's bad CGI and there's like little racist robots. And <laughs> no, they're not racist, but they're it, they are like racist caricatures of people. I don't know. There's all kinds of terrible stuff. And there's no story ever in any of these movies, even the Benghazi movie. There's not a lot of story. (laughs) It's just mostly guns and, like, America. It's a lot of America.
0: But John Krasinski was probably, like, speaking. He's, like, uh, saying his monologue. He's like, wait, 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 Michael. I don't think they can hear my monologue right now. He's like, shh, don't worry. The explosions will take care of it. (laughs) (laughs) Don't
1: worry. Nobody nobody cares about it. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. Wait, wait, wait. Should we get a really good shot? No, 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 no. Seven seconds or less. (laughs) Wait, but should I pass the... A... Oh, no, no. Seven seconds or less. <laughs> that's...
1: Oh, that's so good. Yeah. Michael Bay. I want to now go back and watch every Michael Bay movie and see if any line of dialogue lasts longer than seven seconds. <laughs> but here's my twist. I <gasps> pick. Man. I think Mike D'Antoni is actually the real M9 Shyamalan. <laughs> Let me recount for you the career of M9 Shyamalan. He had the sixth sense, and that's when we were all like, "Oh my gosh, this dude is amazing!" Who who made this? He was dead the whole time. He didn't touch the check. He didn't move the chair. Nobody is responding to him. Bruce Willis is amazing. And whoever directed this movie is a freaking genius. 86% on Rotten Tomatoes. Oh, six sons. We were like seven seconds or less. Nobody has ever thought about this before. And then he made some... You know, it just got worse from there. like they were good. and then there was like signs. and then there was like the village, you know, there's all these other weird movies. and you're like, uh, I get I know there's gonna be a twist at the end. And like you said, the twist is you lose in the playoffs, right? And when, <laughs> once you know the twist, it's just not as interesting. I've, it's, I'm not interested. Then he hits rock bottom, The Last Airbender, 5%. Oh, he I, directed that? Yes, A oh. movie I almost watched, but something in my bones told me, leave the theater right now. And we left literally as the movie was starting. I was like, I can't watch. I think it's going to be bad. And I just left. Wait, Destinates. wait, wait,
0: wait. <laughs> You bought the tickets? And yes, you left because the I theater? didn't
1: know. This was, like, before Rotten Tomatoes, I feel like. Yeah. And I bought the tickets. Boomy and I were sitting in the theater, and, and I watched the previews. And you know, like, good movies have good previews. they yeah. People, and, like, the previews were bad. And, like, I was like, uh-oh. And then the movie was starting, and in the first literally 30 seconds, I said, let's, let's leave. Like, I can't, we shouldn't watch this. Wait, it's did you get a people. refund? No, we watched a different – yeah, we did, and then I, we watched a different movie.
0: Okay, okay, okay. Wow. how you're? That's ahead of your time right there.
1: <laughs> I was like, something came over me. <laughs> it was like the movie god who was like, leave, <laughs> don't watch this. And sure enough, it was – because this was like when it first came out, too, So I didn't hear anything about it, and it was confirmed later that it was terrible.
0: Is, is, is that like when you watched Landry Fields
1: uh, play basketball? So the Knicks record during Mike D'Antoni's stay there, 121 and 167. Ooh. Pretty terrible. And they went one playoff appearance and they didn't get out of the first round. And he made After Earth, which was another disaster. Oh, that God. was <laughs> That was the Lakers. Disappointing. Destroyed Kobe. Will Smith was in After Earth with his son. Anthony. Oh, After Earth! <laughs> And people were like, oh, this is going to be good. No, it's terrible. And then, and then, do you know what M. Night Shyamalan did? He made Split. Oh. He got James McAvoy. And people were like... Wait a minute, this James Harden guy, <laughs> he's, he's great in Mike Tony's system. Oh my gosh, and at the end of Split, spoiler alert if you haven't seen Split, but by now you must know this. It's a <laughs> sequel to Unbreakable, one of his old movies, and they're like, oh my gosh, this is the sequel to The Seven Second Sons. These rockets, they're going to be amazing, followed by He Made Glass, which was <laughs> terrible. That's the current Rockets, guys. It's terrible. It's all falling apart once again for Mike D'Antoni. And that is my case for why Mike D'Antoni is not Michael Bay. He is the true, he is the true M9 Shamalayan. Shamalan.
0: That was a really good case. That was, that was a really good case. You really brought some good data to that. <laughs>
1: I was, you know, how we're compiling this list, and I looked at your data, and then I looked at some other things, and I was like, wait a minute. <laughs> My conspiracy brain started working, and I started making these connections. I was like, wait a minute. Dwayne Casey's not M9 Shyamalan. He's fooled us all. Mike D'Antoni's the true M9 Shyamalan. <laughs> That's the twist. That's the twist.
0: Alright, let's let's move on oh to the God. lighter side of the moves, the lighter side of the news to three of the great coaches of the NBA of the NBA's past and present. Let's start with the great Greg Popovich. Mm. Mm. Greg Popovich I have as Martin Scorsese. Mm. He's known. He's known as one of the greats. Not too many box office teams, but very, 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 very talented. And when his name is on the bill, you go see that movie.
1: Yes. He he did, I mean, Taxi Driver, Raging Bull, Goodfellas, Casino, Jeez. The Color of Money, The Wolf of Wall Street. And by the way, going along with your thing that, not box office, yeah. The Departed, which is one of my favorite films, is his highest grossing film, which only did 130 domestic you know, under 300 worldwide, which, you know, compare that to something like the Avengers or something like that, which is over a billion, all these Disney properties over a billion. So he's, yeah, it's like not a lot of people see all his movies, but yes, he has the clout and, you know, he's successful.
0: That, that's like a Greg Popovich team. It doesn't matter if he has LaMarcus or DeMar DeRozan. His, for everything that you give Tim Duncan, his best, next best player was Tony Parker and Manuel Ginobili. Like, put those guys on another roster. They don't pop. Yeah. But Greg Popovich knows how to guess, get the most out of his guys. I mean, Patty Mills beat Team USA. <laughs> that's a Greg Popovich guy.
1: Of course, Greg Popovich was coaching the team he was playing against. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and, and that's how he knew. He's like, I can't stop this guy. <laughs> He's my my own creation. I know that
1: guy. I I, I created that guy.
0: He's he's my own creation. I can't stop him.
1: (laughs) And it's true. You know, Pop, that's very interesting because Pop is very, like, he can adapt, but he does have, like, a vision and a culture that's very particular to him, and it's, you know, it's all over the Spurs, right? And so, I like it. He He is the Spurs. He is the Spurs.
0: He is the Spurs. Moving on to another great active coach, Steve Kerr. I have them as the Russo brothers. They got the Winter Soldier. They got Civil War. They got Infinity War and Endgame. It's kind of success with a star-studded cast. That's what Steve Kerr has.
1: He inherited that, right. He
0: inherited it. And uh, what can he do after? I'm not sure, but all signs are pointing to greatness in Steve Kerr's future. Right. Um... And don't forget about the Russo brothers' past. Like They did community... They did arrested development. And, you know, you were telling me that Steve Kerr was an exec in Phoenix during the Running Gun Sun. So he's yes. got his fingerprint on a lot of stuff, a lot yeah. of success.
1: Oh, four to 10. By the yeah. way, he also won five championships as a player. Yes, right. And, Cliff, he was the only player to win two consecutive championships with different teams until who? Uh mm, I don't know. I'll who? give you a hint. Yes. It happened this past season. So as a member of the championship Toronto Raptors. And the Warriors. Past, and the Warriors.
0: What? It, it, was, it must have been some bench player. Was it like Patrick McCaw? Like Yes,
1: that's who it was. Pat McCaw. Pat McCaw. Steve Kerr's greatest creation
0: and his (laughs) ultimate
1: downfall, (laughs) followed in his footsteps and took his title away from him by beating him in the finals with the team he was playing against. But Cliff, I have another conspiracy. Oh, yes. Bring it. I have another conspiracy. Steve Kerr is not the Russo brothers. Mm -hmm. Steve Kerr is Chris Nolan.
0: Oh my gosh, you have bestowed the honor, the greatest <laughs> honor on Steve Kerr.
1: Chris Nolan, everything he touches turns to gold. He Jeez. did it as a player, five rings as a player, three with the Bulls, two with the Spurs, and the Spurs turn into what And then he goes and he becomes an exec for Phoenix from 4 to 10. The, he, he helped create that whole seven-second Suns, and he learned everything he could from D'Antoni, and then he moves on. Well... He was there's some time in between there, but then he moves on to Golden State. Well, he does broadcasting and he dominates broadcasting. <laughs> I, don't he, I don't know if he dominated broadcasting, but <laughs> he did good. He did a good job. I liked him out there. And then he went to the Golden State Warriors, and now he's like all over it. Doesn't necessarily win awards, but he's amazing.
0: Memento. Batman Begins, Batman, The Dark Knight, Batman, The Dark Knight Rises, Inception, yeah. Interstellar, Interstellar, Dunkirk.
1: Even, like, The Prestige. I love that movie. He's he's a beast.
0: Like, everything he touches turns to gold.
1: Dude, Memento. That was like Steve Kerr hitting the game winner. <laughs> <laughs> like, back in the day. It's like, dang, even back in the day, he was still doing it. He was making these crazy... So I gotta guy I don't know. I like Russo Brothers actually. I, I actually like yours better than mine. Both are pretty good. But the
0: other guy that's known as the GOAT, Phil Jackson. Joe, who do you have as Phil Jackson?
1: He's Spielberg. Wow. You know, we've been talking about like, oh, maybe he's not the goat. We haven't really like, you know, officially said anything, but we're like, Pop, you know, look how he does it and yeah. he's done it with like different players. Dude, no, guys. Phil so Jackson's a goat. Like, let's not get <laughs> let's not get it twisted because he was a terrible exec uh in New York and, and he's weird and people don't like him and stuff. I'm cool with that. Like, we don't have to like him. He's the goat. <laughs> <laughs> we're, he, we're
0: not judging him on his executive skills.
1: No, no, no. Forget his executive stuff. He coached 1,640 games. His freaking record is 1155 and 485. Jeez. He has a 704 win percentage pop by the way who coached who's coached just a little under 200 more games he's at a 684 which is great by the way it's a great, great win percentage but it's not 704 Steve Kerr Steve Kerr who inherited like this amazing team and who added who had the best had 73 right 73 win season and they added Kevin Durant to that team he's got a 785 win percentage but he's only coached four hundred games rest assured his number is going to go down, right? This season alone, it's going to go down a lot. And so the fact that Phil Jackson has coached 1,640 games and he won over 70% of them is insane. And that's not even talking about the fact that he has 11 rings, 11 championships.
0: He, (laughs) to put that into context, Steve Kerr's entire coaching career plus Mike D'Antoni's entire coaching career is still not as many games as Phil Jackson has coached. Yes.
1: My gosh. That's a lot of games. That's a lot of games. And by the way, because people always say, oh, you know, but he had Jordan, you know, he had Kobe, he had Shaq. Out of those 15 rings that those players have, And if you want to throw Scottie Pippen in there, that's 21 rings, okay, that those players have. Out of the 21 rings that all of those guys have, only one of those rings came without him coaching the team. Shaquille. Shaq's one ring with Pat Riley. That's the only one ring that came without him. Jordan doesn't have a single ring without Phil Jackson. Kobe doesn't have a single ring without Phil Jackson. Scottie Pippen doesn't have a single ring without Phil Jackson. So, I mean, I, like they played other years in the league. I mean, you got to give Phil some of that credit. I think he deserves a lot of that credit. He never missed the playoffs in 20 seasons of coaching. He was under 50 wins only three times. Wow. He only, he only missed 50 <laughs> wins three times out of 20 seasons. He, he's amazing, guys. Like, like he's the greatest coach. You just got to give it to him, okay? Because even those crappy Kobe teams, they also made the playoffs. They were they were getting close to fifty wins with Smush Parker in there, right? Kwame Brown in there, you know, Slava or Rad or whoever, you know, uh, Vlad Rad or Sasha. You know, all these these were the guys on the team, and they still were pushing like almost fit like forty seven wins. The thing
0: about coaching is, one, you have to have a really good timeout strategy, the X's and O's. Yeah, that's one piece of it. Two, you have to get all of your players to buy in to one goal. That's hard. A lot of people with different agendas. And three, you have to be able to extract the most out of your players individually.
1: And to me, that third one, that's the most important one. It's hard. Yeah, because you can be great X's and O's. And look, X's and O's are important, and they become more important in high leverage moments, right? Like when it's game seven of the finals and there's three seconds left, yes, obviously, you need to have good X's and O's. But one, that doesn't happen a lot. And two, that's cooking a meal for someone. Mm You know, The other thing you said, like extracting the most out of them, that's teaching someone how to cook. Mm Mm-hmm. You know, and that is way more valuable, like to be able to coach someone into that and just leadership in general, right? To be able to invest in a person so that they can do that for themselves. That is a thousand times, you know, I can't even say how many times. It's exponentially more valuable than being able to do one thing one time and tell them the right thing to do in that instance.
0: Because the trickles down, you extract the most out of your best player and in turn, they extract the most out of the people below them.
1: And that's why, Phil. You know, I gotta give it to him, man. Like, maybe one day, I don't know. Steve Kerr, he's he has a chance. You know, if he if he, this is a big year for him. I think to prove something. Mm-hmm. Right. If this with if with this depleted team and incorporating D'Angelo Russell and Clay's out for a long time, Katie's gone. Like, if they still manage to win a lot of games, if they still manage to be like to have home court in the first round of the playoffs, if they get out of the first, like I'll give him a ton of credit. I'll be like, dude, Steve Kerr. He's, he's done a lot more um, than what we, you know, not that I don't give him credit, but I'll, he'll go up a level. I think in my view, let's round it out with the
0: current coach of the NBA champion, Toronto Raptors, Nick nurse. <laughs> Who do you got him? Who do you got Nick Nurse as?
1: Um, I just, every time you say Nick Nurse, I just think about that face that his open mouth. <laughs> like, <yeah. laughs> it's just that's the face. That's Doesn't the image TNT of throw him. Throw a burrito in there. <laughs> yeah. That's the image of him that's ingrained in my mind. But um, I think he, he's the Wachowskis. <laughs> he's the Wachowskis. It all just came together for that one moment, right? Like lightning in a bottle, Kawhi wants out. They're going to get Kawhi. You know, they have the perfect kind of role players and team and system. And, you know, they're coming off a good season, but they got rid of Dwayne Casey. And now Nick Nurse is coming in. He's just inherited kind of this, like everything just came together. Right, Lawrence Fishburne was there because Will Smith turned it down, and Keanu came on board, and you got Karen. Mo- like every everything just came together, and it was like they created that bullet time thing. You know, the the camera tricks, and you were just like, "Wow, I've never ever seen anything like this." This whole concept, this whole idea, this fighting style—it's just amazing all at once. But it'll never be the same. <laughs> it's all over. I'm sorry, Nick Nurse. Come on. You're not You're not ever going to win another championship. Let's be real. Okay. If, as long as you stay in Toronto, no one's coming to Toronto. No one wants to play in Toronto. Canada got its one championship. All of Canada right now is full. <laughs> all, the entire nation of Canada yeah. doesn't care if they ever win another championship in any sport. They're just fine.
0: They're happy. They've they've celebrated. They've won.
1: they won their life. And it was build, great. It build a Kawhi statue.
0: Build a Kawhi statue now.
1: Hey, he's the he's the freaking one. All right? Build that yeah. Neo
0: statue right
1: now <laughs> and make it animatronic and make it laugh. Please. They're, they're, <laughs> yeah. They just have Matrix 1 where Neo just
0: flies off at the end. That's Kawhi. He just like, he came in. Bye. He's
1: all done. They're going to try to do Matrix 2. And it's, it's, it's not going to be Matrix 2. <laughs> it's not even going to be as good as Matrix 2. No. It's, it's over.
0: Bonus Byron Scott, former Laker coach. Byron Scott. Joe, who do you have as Byron oh, Scott?
1: I got Byron Scott. Byron Scott is freaking Zack Snyder. <laughs> this guy. Okay, and and let me just okay. Well, let me say this first, and then I'll give you a stats. Okay, okay. this guy made two good movies, right? He made two good movies: Watchmen and the th- and the Three Hundred. Ooh, Three Hundred or Three Hundred. It's called Three Hundred or the Three Hundred, whatever it's called, right? Like, you know, Spartans. What is your occupation, right? Who, yeah. who? You know, it's like. Dude, this is awesome. Like this is Sparta kicking the messenger into the well all slow-mo all the time. Film it on a million frames so you can slow it down. There's little camera tricks. It's stylized, right? It's all dark. It's amazing, right? And then uh that was a fad that lasted like like a tiny a tiny moment. Mm -hmm. in film history when people really wanted that machismo and just this dark, gritty, you know, just gory action, right? Mm -hmm. And this dude never changed. The whole world changed. (laughs) Like, we're not into that anymore. Like, nobody's really into that. I can't even watch the 300 anymore. (laughs) It's not that interesting to me anymore. I thought it was cool when I saw it. And now I'm just like, it's all right, I guess. It's okay. I'm actually much more interested in the actual story. (laughs) <laughs> the battle of thermopylae <laughs> which became a thing that i actually learned about because of that movie but the movie's like okay mm. watchmen same thing it's okay and i learned a lot more about the source material and i realized that he kind of butchered it yep here are byron scott's numbers because you remember right oh but he he led he coached the new jersey nets to the finals he did and that new orleans team with chris paul they're yeah, actually the chris pretty paul good team. Yeah, Byron. He's almost
0: coached as many games as Mike D'Antoni.
1: Byron Scott. For those of you who thought, "Oh, isn't he pretty good though?" Mike D'Antoni. Okay, let me just real quick. He coached about eleven, a little over eleven hundred games, and his win percentage is five fifty seven. Mike D'Antoni. The same
0: one that lost in New York City.
1: (laughs) The same M Night Shyamalan, who's got the same twist ending at the end of every season. Oh. Here's the twist: We can't execute in the playoffs, and we're gonna lose again. Mm-hmm. Byron Scott, eleven hundred and one games, four fifty-seven wins, six forty-seven losses. His win percentage Ugh. is four twelve. Ugh, terrible. Ugh, and that is the true Zack Snyder. <laughs> you think he's good? Like, the listen, one did true king. Did he king. do Watchmen? Did he do three hundred? Same thing with Byron Scott. You're like, didn't he coach those Nets in the finals? This guy did not change with the generation. He's doing the same thing. He wants to be just the hard-nosed guy that doesn't want any flack, doesn't want any, you know, none of that. And that's why he's not coaching.
0: Byron Scott once was proud at how many number one picks a franchise got under his tutelage. So, like, he's the lucky (laughs) charm. Why, as a coach, would you be <laughs> proud to get number one draft picks? Oh. How is that how you sell a franchise for a coaching job? My gosh. That doesn't yeah. make any sense.
1: Yeah, he coached those horrible Cleveland teams, guys. <laughs> he did. And, you know, a lot of people give Kyrie a lot of flack. Byron Scott wasn't coaching much. <laughs> let, me, let me just <laughs> tell you, okay? <laughs> yeah, I mean, Kyrie didn't learn nothing from Byron Scott, okay?
0: When the Lakers were, were tank a they were like, we got Byron Scott, the lucky, lucky guy that gets number one draft picks.
1: Yeah. Before you go crazy, you know, uh, I think D'Lo was here when Byron was here. He was. <laughs> yeah, Byron, Byron was his first coach, guys. Byron was the one who didn't get much out of D'Lo, and now D'Lo's an all-star.
0: Uh, yeah, yeah, he's an all-star, but he was a... Alternate.
1: Yes, he's an asterisk all-star. Yes, an he's, he's an still, He's still loading.
0: It's <laughs> still getting its tattoo filled he's in. still loading. <laughs> that was NBA coaches as movie directors. Which ones did we get right? Which ones did we get wrong? Is Mike D'Antoni the real true twist as M Night Shyamalan? You tell us. We'll be back after this with a two for the road to wrap it up. Give me we'll two back. It, I'm
1: strange, no name kicks, earth winning by your type. Elemental beast that resembles me, and it recounts for elemental P to track up like all oh, you press get to bread, kid, but never let it go to your head. SS for success to be the best. In. teach is back, what's in learn nest next. Cause you got the power, people for voluntary action. w you was right out to life with a passion. X is expect fail. Y, to fail. Why cease the dream? Even when you wait catching it. All right, we're back. Two for the road.
0: My one for the road. I'll start. If you've ever backed a Kickstarter or an Indiegogo, you know that there is some risk at play. So when I saw this campaign, I just got a dog. Maybe six months in. And uh, I found that My dog had been chewing up my clothes, chewing up shoes, and I saw this thing on Indiegogo that was a high definition ball where you can control, like a remote control from your phone that plugs into your wireless, and then you can watch your dog, play with your dog. You could talk to it, you could squeak the ball, and they could play with the ball, and it's fun. It's like, oh, that's really cool. So we backed this Indiegogo campaign. Fast forward, my dog is now five, five years old, six years old. It's been four years since we've backed that campaign. What? And we just got the ball. Oh, my gosh. We just got the ball. How much was it? $150. Oh,
1: my gosh.
0: Yes. It was so bad that there were multiple lawsuits filed against this company It was so bad that there were multiple lawsuits filed against Indiegogo. It was so bad that they started a Facebook group called Where Is My Play Date on Facebook where people just complained about what was going on, when they were going to get the update, if this thing was actually real, or if we got scammed out of all of our money. But as I knew from the updates and the pictures that they were showing, that they were in way over their heads And they did not know what they were doing to run a company. And yet, here they were trying to sell this product to people. I think it was over a million dollars backed for this product. So, I got the product. We got the ball. It looks nice. Yet, I can't connect to it. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Why? Because one, you get the hardware all done, but the software is not ready. So, there's more and more problems. The saga doesn't end. So, people... As a PSA, things may not be as they seem on Indiegogo or Kickstarter. So buyer beware, you could wait four years for a product that you think you're gonna get right away. Man. Pretty crazy, right? You know what the the saddest part is the comments, right? Because people in the comments would say, yeah, I I would have loved to have got this product three years ago, but now my dog is dead. (laughs) Oh
1: gosh! <laughs> oh man! that's so messed up dude so there's
0: there's no dog to, there's no doctor to watch on the camera
1: <laughs> uh, but maybe you have a kid now, you know, and then you could watch your kid with that ball <laughs> <laughs> if the software works,
0: possibly
1: <laughs> it could be like a little crib cam or something. <laughs> Your kid can, you know, bat around and uh, eat.
0: All right, Joe. What is your one for the road?
1: So my one for the road is, it's an encouragement to all fantasy league managers out there. It's just a little, it's a little encouragement. I just want to tell you guys what happened. Um. Well. It's an encouragement to stay organized. <laughs> now, actually, you know what, Cliff? I'm gonna give you a shout out because you used to organize all of our 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 fantasy league, yep. our Riverside League, which is now which is now dead. R.I.P. Riverside League. It was one of the. Rest in peace. It was the greatest league. It was the greatest league. We used to do live drafts. We'd get together at someone's place. We'd get food. You know, we'd prepare before we'd all be there with our lists like old school. Mm -hmm. And we just live draft shout out our picks and hang out and just talk and enjoy life together and just have this great like party and this experience. You know, that's what that's what fantasy is supposed to be about. Right. Nobody really cares. It's camaraderie.
0: It's community.
1: You don't really care about the money, you know. You care a little bit about winning and bragging rights, you know. But mostly you just care about staying connected and being in community. So I had a fantasy football draft <laughs> this past <laughs> Sunday or last Sunday. And, um, you know, we did – draft was scheduled for 8 o'clock Sunday night. And so, you know, everyone's like going to church and stuff, you know, doing their normal things on Sunday. We're getting ready. It's time's coming around. It's coming around eight and you know thirty minutes. You're supposed to be able to go in the draft room and guys start start talking on the chat like, hey, how come the draft room's not up? Like what's oh. going on?
0: And... Oh no. <laughs> oh no.
1: And then the you know commissioner's like commissioner will remain nameless, but the commissioner's like Oh, like I don't know, didn't didn't so and so set it up. It's like, "Oh, but only you have the you have so the... and so. You're the commissioner. <laughs> yeah, you're the commissioner. You got the you got the league settings. You know, it's like, "Oh, oops, it's not set up." Hey, sorry guys. Draft has moved back 30 minutes because it takes it has to be 30 minutes later.
0: That's actually really lucky because when we were doing fantasy, you'd have to schedule
1: it the next day. Right. You'd have to do it the They've next day. They've gotten
0: really high tech now to have... to, to schedule the 30 minutes. Yeah, that's
1: but there are still some limits. And so, as you will discover, because 30 minutes later, so we all go in the draft room. And now draft has moved to 830. It's eight something. We're all in the draft room. And then somebody says, hey, the draft order is not correct. Oh, no. Draft order is not correct. Like, you guys oh, have
0: preset draft orders?
1: Well, we, we, we randomly did a lottery so we could get. So everyone knows what pick they have, so you Got can it. prepare for your pick, right? Because, oh, you know, you want to prepare. Yeah. And then, you know, draft order is not correct, so we're like, oh, what do we do? So the uh, commissioner says, okay, we're going to delete this draft, and we're just going to do another one. But uh, you can't do that because the draft has already started. The draft room has we are already in the room, so you can't delete it. So what we have to do is we have to go through the entire draft. Oh no. And only after it's over can you delete it and then do a new draft. And that, oh, no. if you change the draft order, takes another hour. So we have to oh, take no. the time that it takes to go through this entire draft and then another hour. And by the way, we have like cops in our league. <laughs> we have like people have kids, you know, so
0: this is not Time ideal. is not unlimited. Time is As you not get unlimited. older.
1: Time no, is not your unlimited. window is very small. I had to block out this time for this draft. You know, and I'm like calling up my brother and stuff like, hey, can you be ready at this time so you can like help me draft? <laughs> and I'm texting him like, hey, drafts moved to 830. Hey, drafts moved to 9. Hey, drafts moved to like 10. You know, so what we decide. So everyone's like, can you draft tomorrow? We're trying to figure out a new time to draft. Oh. oh. And so I was like, hey, guys, let's just live draft right now.
0: <laughs> oh, wow. What a suggestion.
1: Let's just do it. Let's just do it in chat. That was like, my, my suggestion was like, let's just right now in this cacao chat room, everyone just say your, we're just going to go in order. You're just going to say your picks. Look at your own lists. Someone's got to keep track. And we figured it out. We, we created a Google spreadsheet. You know, everyone went on there. And this draft, this, this draft was hell. <laughs> this trap you're just checking your own list there's no master list names aren't being crossed off this list you will write a name down and another like all the colors are on the google sheet right just moving around guys (laughs) are just writing their own names down you write your it's your turn you write your name and another admin (laughs) admin box comes over your name deletes (laughs) the pick you made and you're like what the heck and they type in there says taken in all caps, taken, and then guys have to highlight where it's taken, and you gotta go back and search it if... for like how many rounds of that? For, like, did you guys three do? plus hours. <laughs> we're just oh, doing this, no. we're oh, going no. back and forth. That's miserable. And guys are, like, complaining, and I'm like, dude, what do you expect? There's no master list here. There's The the guys aren't coming off the board. We have to all do this just from our heads, and you got to pay attention every second to see who's drafted so you know whether they're available or not. Yep. Needless to say, that's probably the worst draft I've ever had in my life. My team's okay. It's, It's decent.
0: I'm glad it gave you an appreciation for me, though. Uh, any bit of that always helps.
1: That's your takeaway <laughs> from that whole thing?
0: Because it all centers around me Guys, sometimes. This,
1: this is the magnitude of Cliff's
0: confidence level five.
1: Confidence level 5 I'm the Stefan Marbury of this podcast. <laughs> beyond the Kanye zone, beyond the Kanye space station. But I gotta Cliff say, Cliff's station.
0: You gotta admit, though. The commissioner part of my job was good, but the problem was I was also a manager of a team, which
1: (laughs) led to a conflict of interest. Basketball reasons, guys. Cliff pulled out the basketball reasons many, many times, and that's why a commish cannot own a team. We all know. We all know. Cliff vetoed a lot of trades. I was like, "Hey, what? Why'd you veto that trade?" No, no, I
0: didn't. No, Cliff
1: I pushed didn't. a lot of trades through. No. You know, I pushed
0: was... a lot of trades through. I don't veto anything, but I will push very lopsided trades
1: through just because. Like it was supposed to be a waiting period, but somehow the trade <laughs> oh, yeah. just magically got pushed through. <laughs> and I'm
0: like, Dude, "Yeah, what, yeah. What, I waved. What I waved wave the waiting period. I'm like, we're all big boys. If you accept, you could do it." <laughs>
1: When did this trade happen? I didn't I didn't hear about this trade. Hey, don't don't worry about it. Come on, we're all big boys. We're all big boys. I manage a team and the league. Don't worry about it. It's not I, a conflict of interest. <laughs> don't I, worry about it. I, I also this. I also do the lotteries on my own. The draft oh, lotteries okay. on my own and I, I put up the picks.
0: I've I, I definitely done you know how like in the recent transactions there's like five that come up. So like when I make a trade that I don't want anyone to see, I'll just pick up like six guys. <laughs> Push it off.
1: It's so shady. This guy's... This is the shadiness I'm talking about, guys. See, because you don't understand. You don't know. Years of this, okay? (laughs) Years of this shadiness. And then when you you try to call him out, he's just like, what? What are you talking about? He's like, that's normal. I wanted him. I wanted him, and then I dropped him, and then I picked up another guy. I wanted that guy. I dropped him, and then I picked up another guy. It's not a big deal. Everyone does that.
0: I just changed my mind five times.
1: (laughs) In the span of... (laughs) 45 seconds. <laughs> so this is an encouragement to all managers, please just 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 stay a little organized. And a, sh- and a and a a credit to you managers, to you fantasy managers, you fantasy commissioners who do a great job, we appreciate you.
0: And a shout out to all the other managers that have <laughs> conflicting interests. You do you guys. You do you. <laughs> Keep making your mark on your league. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks everyone for listening to the People's Pod. Subscribe, like, comment, share, rate five stars. We'll be back next week with more nonsense is SPR with, with Cliff and Joe. Peace. Peace.